And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You'd be dead. If you got caught up in that, you'd be dead. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 17th. Here we are in the Classic Factory once again. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Good day, everybody. Good day, Tass. We got our Tasha Hot Boy, Ribbon M. Lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee and last, certainly not least, over yonder, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now. Appreciate it. Take a second. Hit that little like button. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Comment away in the stream team and below the video and share the show. That's the number one most important thing you can do. Tell a friend. Watch No Dunks. Subscribe to No Dunks. Listen to No Dunks. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. Above all those other things that I said, Mm -hmm. tell a friend about the show, especially with the conference. Final starting tonight. Oh, my God. Uh, Email in your NBA questions to to nodunks at theathletic.com. I'm sure we'll be stepping on the beach at some point later this week because we're down to, you know, maximum one game a Mm -hmm. night. So that opens up a lot of time in the B block. So get those cues in. (laughs) Uh, But that's beach stepping. Today... We're doing the deep dive. We're jumping right into the water uh, where we break down, preview, and predict these two conference final series. And then later on, mm. we do have the NBA draft lottery tonight. And instead of tweet of the night, you've got something surrounding the draft lottery. Are we predicting it? Or uh, what are we doing? No, we, we, yeah, we are predicting it. One of you three will mm-hmm. get a chance to pick tonight's draft lottery winner. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now, I was very excited because when I got home yesterday, I had an idea. Yeah. And, uh, and then I thought, hang on a minute. I don't want to do this. So I outsourced it to my 10-year-old. He was excited. It sounds like you. Yes. Yeah. He was very excited. And then halfway through, he got bored and oh, he outsourced no. it to his fifth five-year-old brother. So uh, I'm not exactly sure. So in the end, we're going to be doing something that your five-year-old <laughs> completed. Yes. That Oscar came up with. Well, yes. Something like that. Yes. I'm not exactly sure even how it's going to look, the final product. But we'll find out together. I think that's 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 really what you want. Yes. It's <laughs> the journey. It's not the destination. Uh Okay, well, let's uh, get into the Eastern Conference Finals. JD, you can throw up the uh, schedule once again here, uh, presented by Google Pixel. <laughs> They're not paying us a damn thing, but uh, hey, it's a nice graphic. Thanks, NBA. So, game one tonight, Celtics in Miami. Uh, get started at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, because we do have the draft lottery there at 8 o'clock, where the ping pong balls fall, and we see who gets the number one pick and all that. But, a bunch of questions with these as we do our deep dives. We'll ultimately get to our predictions maybe that's the only thing people care about but right i want you to get a started task we'll look at it from sort of both sides what's the biggest miami heat question mm. heading into this conference finals for you well before i start let me say the most important thing you can do for the show is pick up your google pixel and call a friend <laughs> okay and a google pixel is a phone right i think so i, I mean yeah we're confirm. always seeing how great a photos it oh, takes yeah, it's all the whole yeah. thing is it's like a they camera take that night call photos. people yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Just pick up the pixel and dial. Pick up the mother and phone and dial. Anyway, uh, what is the biggest question for the Miami Heat? Yeah. I think it's can they score enough? Yeah. Because even though Jimmy Butler has been a fly in this postseason, I think it's kind of flying under the radar how good he has been. This is better than his finals run in 2020. He's starting off even hotter than that through the first two rounds. 29 points per game, 52 and 36 on the percentages. That was against the Heat, though. And that was against the Sixers who were in hole. I'm sorry, that was against the Hawks and the Sixers who were in hole. This is different against the Boston Celtics. They did a number on Kevin Durant. They did a number on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, you know, a different player, a smaller player, a wing player, I think they're well-equipped to guard Jimmy with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know Butler's going to bully and get to his spots. Mm-hmm. And I know Marcus Smart, questionable uh, at, at last 
report here for tonight. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, Al Horford. I think Al Horford's you know such a great secondary defender on him. They use secondary defenders on Durant uh, and Yanis Tetokounmpo. Uh, whoever is guarding P.J. Tucker is going to leave P.J. Tucker and go guard Jimmy. So, uh, you know, P.J. Tucker is not going to score a lot in this series. I worry about uh, Kyle Lowry in the point guard position. Kyle Lowry not playing in game one. Mm -hmm. uh, That's got to be a worry. And the other guys, uh, Tyler Hero, who is probably their second most dynamic scorer, not a great postseason thus far. I think the Celtics have a decent matchup for him coming off the bench with Derek White coming off the bench. Uh, so that is the biggest worry to me. They guarded him really well two years ago, if you remember. Jimmy Butler in that conference final, 19 points per game. He was actually the fourth leading scorer on that Heat team, which is odd to think about in the bubble. Adebayo, Dragic, and Hero scored more than him. So Adebayo, he could have a big series against a hobbled Robert Williams, who's likely to be playing uh, in game one. But when it comes down to it, I think the biggest X factors as far as this offense goes, as far as against such a great Celtics team that can just rile any great offensive player up, it's probably the guys off the bench, Hero uh, and Victor Oladipo. Uh, he has got to be big, I think, in this series. you got to go deep against this Boston Celtics team. They're going to stop your first couple options. And so I, I just worry if they're just going to simply put put enough points on the board despite Jimmy being so sensational after watching what they did against KD and Giannis. Could we see some low-scoring games in this series? Yes, we to could. To what Tass is talking about. Both of these teams, obviously, yes. elite defenses. Yeah. That's right. Uh, they definitely want to lock each other up on the uh, on the other end, and I think we saw that against Philadelphia with the Heat. They scored 79 points in one game here, and that was their three-point shooting on the road. We mentioned that yesterday. was very, very bad at times, and I think that is going to be a key to this series, especially because we just saw Boston really pound Milwaukee from the three-point line. I have no reason to believe Boston won't employ a similar strategy there. Get as many guys out there shooting threes as you can, and the Heat are going to have to defend that. But Mm -hmm. we also know that that's sort of the Heat want to get into a game where it's a bit of an arm wrestle, where it's like, all right, you want to you want to get down and grind. We want a close, low-scoring game because that's where I think the Heat also thrive. They can actually, when it's tight, that's when they're really, really good as well. So this is fascinating because it was a couple of years ago in the bubble there where Jimmy Butler was great and the Heat were great, but the Celtics were still the up-and-coming team. But so much has changed since then. We've seen Jason Tatum really elevate his status to elite level, and Jalen Brown is not far behind. Yeah. So the Celtics, uh, they, they certainly have, I think, are, are a better team than they were a couple of years ago and it's going to be interesting to see now they've gone up against Kevin Durant they haven't had the best player in any series so far if you if you think Kevin Durant was the best player which I do and then Giannis in the second round but they've overcome that because they've had that elite defense and I think they're going to try to employ that again I think Kyle Lowry's uh, health is major here for Miami I think he's been so critical to them so many times this season when you know what Lowry loves he loves to get the ball and just fling it out in transition to get it to a three point shooter or someone running the fast break and when they don't have him they are just kind of filling in the gaps whether it's a Tyler Hero or a Struess or a Vincent or even Jimmy Butler and I think that really does take away from their offense so exactly how long he's out I don't think the Heat are going to reveal anyway I mean but he's uh, apparently is out tonight no matter what if they lose, it could be one of those situations where like, okay, do we need to rush this guy back or do we need to sort of just wait until he's 100% healthy? Because uh, I think he is so important. Even though he's not their best player, he's a little bit older now, but he's the, the balance beam for them. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's going to be key for Miami in this series. Trey, what do you have when it comes to the Heat side of things? Tess is right. It's all about will the Heat be able to score enough points? They've played 11 postseason games so far. In five of them, they've made 10 or fewer threes and shot under 30% from the three-point line. It's tough to win like that unless you've got an incredible defense, which the Heat do. Missing Lowry, they are going to miss on the easy transition buckets. Uh, we saw Giannis got a little untracked against Boston getting out in transition, but uh, the Heat might not have that guy. So there's going to be uh, – it's got to be a big series for Tyler Hero, like you're saying, Tass. He was kind of the X factor back in the 2020 bubble days. We were talking about bubble hero, the guy's snarling all over the place, <laughs> but that was against – Brad Wanamaker and Kemba Walker. It's a little different wow. when you're going up against Marcus Smart and uh, Derek White as the defenders. There's just so much size on the Celtics that it can be tough for a smaller guard like Hero, and that's without factoring in the fact that he might be hunted on the other side. So the Heat have been a solid three-point sh- 
three-point shooting team the past three seasons, they've been really up and down so far uh, in the playoffs. So they got to be plus 10. You know, they got to be making yeah. a fair amount of three-pointers if they're going to be struggling to get baskets in transition as well. Yeah, to piggyback off that, I wrote down, can Miami just slow the Celtics three-point shooting? This is what you were talking about. They made 110 three-pointers in the series versus the Bucks, mm. who only hit 57. 110 to 57. What a differential. And at first thought, I'm like, well, the threes are going to be harder to come by versus Miami because, you know, Bam and P.J. Tucker, like, for their bigs, they're more mobile. They can get out and defend the perimeter a little bit better than, like, a Giannis or definitely a Brook who's, you know, just stay in the paint. But then Shu pointed this out in his NBA.com, you know, series preview. In the regular season, the Bucks allowed their opponents to take basically 45% of their shots from beyond the arc. That was the league's second highest opponent rate topped only by the heat mm. like this is a bit of their defensive strategy too they allowed their opponents to take 45.6 of their shots from deep so similar in a sense to milwaukee now it's what are those type of shots who are those shots going to that i think that's a big difference sure. here um and i just don't you know look i don't think the celtics are making 110 if this thing goes seven against miami maybe they cool off and i just think miami's better at like no, we don't want you to have those ones, or we want so-and-so taking these ones off a dribble, end of a shot clock, whatever. But something to watch, and this is what you guys are all talking about. Can Miami score enough, hit enough threes to keep it close, and can you slow down the Celtics team that's letting it, like, just let it rain right now? Mm-hmm. Watching the Heat defense, obviously they're going to be good. Round one, they did a really good job on top, taking the ball away from Trey. Second round, they did a pretty good job doing it against Harden. Against the Celtics, it's just so different, right? Everybody's touching that thing. Tatum yep. is fine playing off ball for several possessions at a time. So you can't really focus on one guy. They're going to figure it out. But I can understand because they like ganging up on the quote-unquote best player why they would give up a lot of three-point shots. So the Celtics, they love taking turns. They, their offense is a little unpredictable in a good way, being that you don't know who to double. You don't know who to take out. I, I know the... The best players are obviously Tatum and Brown, but the other guys yeah. will make you pay. They're they're rolling right now. Yeah, we said it on yesterday's show, even in that series versus the Bucks, You had the Jalen Brown game. You obviously had the Tatum game. You had the Horford game. You had the Grant Williams game seven. So the, everybody chipping in right now. All right, switch it over to the Boston Celtics. What's the biggest C's question, the biggest Beantown boy question? Uh, biggest question for the Beantown boys is their half-court offense because we know that Miami's going to bring it defensively. They're going to switch. They're going to trap. They're going to play straight up. They're going to play the zone. They're going to change things up a whole bunch. They've got a defensive player of the year candidate of their own and own in Bam Adebayo there in the middle, and they're going to play with physicality and discipline. You're not going to get as easy three-point shots as Al Horford uh, was getting when he had his massive game, as Grant Williams got when he had his massive game. Spolstra will change things mm -hmm. as time goes on and that's definitely where the Celtics struggle the most they're a great defensive team they're really good in transition but we've seen sometimes like in game five against the Bucks early in the season when they looked their worst it can be a your turn my turn kind of thing and if that becomes the uh, the general uh, way that they're playing offense I think that's bad because that's exactly what Miami wants they're good at saying okay you want to do one thing you're doing something else and they they will grind you down and make it a really slow game and not to mention Miami gets to the line quite a bit, which Boston, I think that's another place that they can struggle a little bit is just taking too many jumpers. And if they turn into a jump shooting team and the jumpers are cold, you're in trouble. Uh, that's kind of the case for a lot of series here. But I do think Miami can can affect Boston defensively in the half court scenario. Now, do they have enough depth for it? Does Miami have enough depth to play with Boston all the way down their roster? I don't know about that, but it's going to be important to see how Boston attacks Miami uh, in the half court, especially. What do you have for this one, Lee? Celtics side of things. Well, it is that Celtics depth. I mean, because if in you look at game uh, seven there, he basically played five, ga five guys. He brought out Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. It gave them good minutes, but can you rely on those guys? Is Peyton Pritchard going to be the guy who comes out and hits those couple of threes, or is he going to get kind of lit up a little bit himself? And then Derek White has had a bit of a weird playoffs. At times he looks good, but at times also I wouldn't rely on him too much. So You can tell right away with Derek White. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> so can. The first couple of minutes, sure. it's like, oh, you're getting yeah. Derek White contributing off Defensively or, or a one for 10 stinker. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. And he had one for 10 yeah. in that game seven there. And then you've got someone like Daniel Tice, who's a bit the same. He had, went five for five in one game, but other games he just didn't even play. He's not bad at being able to spread the floor. He can hit those threes. He's a good, reliable sort of system defender. But at the same time, if he's playing a lot of minutes, that's probably not good for the Celtics because uh, they just simply don't need him. Now, Robert Williams, I think his health will dictate a lot of that as well. Yeah. If he's playing, then it allows them an extra guy to come off the bench and play uh, some defensive minutes there. 
there. But uh, yeah, you look, I think the Heat are the same. They like to go about seven, maybe eight guys deep. We know most teams do that further into the playoffs here. But is that Celtics bench reliable? It proved okay for them against the Bucks, but it's always a little bit of a sort of uh, hit or miss with some of those guys. So, you know, Grant Williams probably goes back to the bench um, if Robert Williams starts. I guess, and, and Horford yep. is your center there. So that'll be great for them to boost their bench. But he's also just coming off the game of his career. So they can probably, uh, they'd probably like him to start at least here in game one, again, depending on uh, the health of Robert Williams. If, if Lowry is healthy, sorry, and Smart is healthy and Robert Williams is healthy, who has the better bench? In this series, does it favor Miami with like I don't think so. Hero? No, you think it's pretty similar. I think it's the Celtics. They've been more consistent. And fact is, the Celtics are healthier out the gate. Kyle Lowry's not playing yeah. in Game One. Robert Williams is free to play without any minutes restriction. A great sign. Is he going to be able to handle Bam Adebayo? Who knows? Uh, but Kyle Lowry is out for Game One. Marcus Smart questionable <laughs> but the good thing is last series I mean for both teams they handled both those absences as well yeah. Marcus Smart missed the game Derek White started they handled it well Robert Williams was four of those games they handled it well uh, but uh, I would worry just because you need Kyle Lowry scoring if you're the Heat more than the Celtics need Marcus Smart scoring yeah. or, or even Robert Williams defending uh, PJ Tucker's not going to score a lot Lowry's just got to be that guy to chip in and I'm not sure you can rely on Victor Oladipo to come in Max Struess is going to be a huge factor in this series, and Tyler Hero hasn't been bubble hero quite yet. So there's just there's more question marks on that side. Uh, I can't wait for when Lowry does play, him and Marcus Smart to just like go back oh, and forth. Flop off. Off. Yeah. yeah, it'll be the, the Spider-Man meme will be the uh, hottest meme yes. of this series, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm with you, though. Lowry, for them to maybe win this, has to has to play, and then if he plays, has to play a lot better he than he did bad. in the Sixers. Two losses. I mean, he, we, were to get, we were sitting here going... He shouldn't be playing, and it proved to be true because he was so like the hamstring was affecting him so much. But I'm with you that he has to probably has to play, and he's got to have those games where he hits three or four threes uh, when you know bails him yeah. out at the end of a couple shot clocks and pushes the ball, and then gives him great defense too. But we'll see as this series moves forward. He's not playing in game one. Potential X factors though. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I'll, I'll go with Grant Williams. I, I think he really is a, a big X factor for this team because he's just coming off the game of his career. But in the series against the Bucks, he only shot 27% from three. And in one game, he hit seven threes. Another game, he hit six. So uh, it feels like he had more. It feels like yeah. he had a bigger impact than that. But there were a couple of games and foul trouble was a factor there. And, and look, he's, he is one of their uh, big athletic defenders. He was out on Giannis. He was out on Kevin Durant in the series before that. So you expect he's going to get some minutes on. He'll probably see Bam for a couple of possessions. Jimmy... PJ Tucker, I mean, that'll be a beefy old matchup, those two out there. Beefy old matchup. <laughs> uh, but look, Grant Williams, there's no reason to believe that he is not going to feel a big part of their offense. There's going to be a lot of ball movement, and they're going to say to him, sit in the corner and shoot those threes. Shoot them the way you did, obviously, in Game 7, where he went 39% on 18 attempts. That's a ton of attempts. I mean, he broke a record for a Game 7 there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think he's a very, very important player. And again, does he start? Does he come off the bench? I I, I, obviously, Robert Williams, if he's playing, Grant comes off the bench, which is great for Boston, because if one of those guys, Horford or Williams, gets in foul trouble... Bang, you've got another yeah. guy who can go in there, another big guy who can play straight away. So he fills that hole and he's capable of being a, a, a very impactful starter as well if he plays. So, you know, Miami would have been watching that series. They know, like, this guy's if he's in the corner, he's going to shoot away. Uh, fight. He's their PJ Tucker, basically, in that sense. He's Grant Williams in the corner. Uh, uh, 100%, even the same body shape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see if he can live up to the game seven and then it was a game two where he had the six threes in a win there for the Bucks, but in losses wasn't as effective again the foul trouble yeah. plagued him a little bit there yeah, yeah he's going against Giannis in half of those two yeah and, yep, and that's right up those fouls. yeah uh, who do you have for next factor I'm on the complete flip side of Lee here I think it's Bam versus all of the Celtics bigs because I think the Heat definitely had the best big man here in Bam Adebayo, but then the next four are probably from the Celtics, uh, though, I mean, honestly, I don't think Tice is going to have a huge impact in this series, but at least it's a guy you can go to. Bam was kind of the difference in the series against the Celtics in the 2020 oh, bubble. Yeah. 22 a game, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. He shot 60% from the field. He was bringing the ball up the court, like, every single time. He was kind of looking Giannis Light out there, and the Celtics really didn't have any sort of way to combat him. Robert Williams wasn't the player he is today. Horford wasn't around. It was Tice. And even Ennis Cantor back then was in the mix. <laughs> so things have definitely changed for Boston. But if Bam can assert himself 
on the offensive end of the court, if he can be a reliable interior scorer, if he can get to the line for Miami, that really tilts things because I think that certainly uh, the Celtics are going to have the advantage on the perimeter with Lowry a little bit hobbled. Butler has been awesome. There are just several guys uh, for the Celtics. So if Bam is able to be an advantage for Miami inside, that really changes things uh, in my perspective. And down in the bubble, wasn't it Bam blocking Tatum mm. in game one? Yep. That's right. Exactly right. Finals, exactly right. With a game-saving block. Uh, who do you mm. have for an X Factor? That was a phenomenal, phenomenal flashback yeah. I just had. X Factors are the heat backcourt for me. Likely starting Gabe Vincent in his first real playoff series, obviously his first real conference finals, his first playoff run here. And Max Struess, that's your starting backcourt. They're leaving Tucker. Uh, they're going to do a good job against Jimmy, most likely. Bam has to be big, but so does Gabe and Max, <laughs> really in the backcourt. They got to hit a lot of shots. Max can get hot. He's coming off two, uh, two really imp- impressive performances yeah. to end that Celtics series, 19 and 20 points in each of those two games. But there's a lot of pressure uh, on those guys, and if they falter right out of the gate, yeah, you can go to Hero. You can go to Oladipo. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a mix of guys that haven't performed a lot in the postseason or haven't performed this postseason. So you're relying on a bunch of guys there to uh, put it all together here against a great Celtics defense. These two teams, like, they mirror each other in a lot of ways. I think with the defense, obviously, they switch a lot. Uh, They obviously have superstars in in Tatum and Butler. Good depth, great coaches. I think we all agree with that. Um, And I think my X factors are sort of similar. One starts and one comes off the bench. I'm going sort of Jalen Brown and Tyler Hero. Uh, hero especially for the Heat just for all the reasons we've already gone over scoring is going to be um, at a premium mm-hmm. here and premium does that make sense yeah oh, yeah, okay. yeah. after tough. I said it I was like that yeah. makes it sound like premium scoring everybody <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we, no, no 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 premium is top that's a good point it's like they could gasoline yeah. under 100 games in this series oh yeah for sure for sure, for sure. but Hero what has he done in the postseason so far he's had like one, maybe two good games. Mm. He had a one a good game against the Sixers that I can remember. He had like a 25-point performance. Maybe had like sort of one decent game versus the Hawks. Otherwise, he's been pretty yeah. quiet. Like, and not like hurting them by any means, but just no, the, like not that consistent, you know, 20 to 25. It's like the last couple of games, it was like 10, 10, 11, 14. Mm. Um, and again, you know, not hitting a lot of threes in a lot of those, but not really killing them either. But I think he needs to be big in a couple games for Miami to get some of those victories. And then Jalen Brown... You said the Heat backcourt there, like, they got to score. Like, somebody's got to contain him. We've seen he can pick his moments in, in, like, quarters or halves where I think he just blows open games. It's like you finally, like, slowed Tatum. Mm. You finally, like, maybe got some, uh, got some like, containment on the on the perimeter and you're taking away some Celtics threes. But Jalen Brown can just go off for suddenly, like, an 8-0 run. And then you're suddenly calling timeout and going, Jesus, what the hell happened there? Because he's that I, – I, like, I love Jalen Brown. I think yeah. he's so good. He's not at Tatum's level in terms of just the pure shot making and all that, but he's not that far behind. So, you know, he had some great moments uh, in the last series or through this entire postseason run. I don't see why that would change too. And the Heat got to, like, worry about him. There's a lot of guys to worry about here. Let's get to predictions, though. That's all anybody really cares about. <laughs> what do you got? Get us started. Uh, I am going to the Beantown boys. Okay. Uh, I, I think overall uh, they are a better team. Uh, I think they've got more weapons. Now, you know, Miami's at home and rested and fresh, so they that certainly is going to help Miami. But I've been very impressed with the way the Celtics uh, played against the Brooklyn Nets. And then again, they were down 1-0 against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were down 3-2. They were basically out of the series. They were a double-digit yeah. de- uh, deficit in the third quarter against the Bucks. They came back and they really toughed it out. Uh, so I'm going to the Beantown boys, and I think they'd close it, home, close it out in home, at home. <laughs> In Beantown. In six. <laughs> Beantown. Right. Boston in six. Jesus, that's a yeah. lot easier to say that, yeah. All right, Celtics uh, in six from Lily. I feel like of all uh, the predictions I've seen going around from all the, like, you know, beat reporters and everybody covering the league, Celtics in six seems the most, like, common prediction for this series. And it makes a lot of sense, the way they've been playing. Game. And they've been playing great since, for, you know, January. Uh, maybe the best team in the league. But, Trey, what do you got for this one? Well, I think game one is massive. I think it's almost a must-win game for the Heat. They're going to be coming in a little bit better rested. And we talked about yesterday, they've had certainly an easier path to get here, whereas the Celtics just came off a crazy series with the Bucks. Maybe they're riding a little bit of an emotional high, not expecting a, a game one against a, a Heat team that's just going to hit a little bit differently than... Uh, than Milwaukee did, but they were also taken aback by Milwaukee in game one of that last series, and Udoka has talked about, we're not letting that happen again. So I think that's kind (laughs) of interesting to see. Ultimately, 
I'm going with the Beantown boys as well. Celtics in seven. Ooh. We already saw them win a road game seven back-to-back series that'd be wild but they can do it that would be like that would almost complete their revenge tour type of thing here too right getting <laughs> revenge right. on the nets right. getting revenge on the Bucks, and then uh trying to get revenge against the heat who sort of have their number when it comes to conference finals at least the last one in the bubble uh what's your prediction i gotta go with the beantown boys in, oh, in beantown boy. for sure uh <laughs> this the heat can overwhelm the celtics for a six minute stretch in the first game first two games that's what they have to do but the fact is that the Celtics have been a lot better on the road uh, than the Heat have been on the road. So I think the Celtics can match the Heat in the first two games. They can they can play a tight series. They had that adversity that they had to overcome with the Milwaukee Bucks multiple times in that series where they had heartbreakers. So that's on their side. And the Heat have just yeah been lousy on the road. So they got to take advantage of these home games. I, I do agree. Game one feels like a must win. Because mm-hmm. after that, if you go down 1-0, the Celtics are going to be riding high. But, yeah, there's going to be a six-minute stretch, I think, whether it's in the, the second quarter, how they did it to the Hawks, where the Heat just overwhelmed. They might start pressing a little bit. They might start in the backcourt, yeah. get a get a turnover here or there, and just play six minutes of incredible defense. Uh, and, and then if they get the crowd on their side, which has been showing up recently, then they can win uh, game one uh, and take that momentum into game two. But, yeah, I believe in the Celtics' uh, steadiness uh, and they're just a difficulty to guard those dudes because they're they're really, really distributing it real, real well. So I'll go six as well. Okay. That'll be common. Um, well, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to swerve. And I'll do it for two reasons. The One, Celtics swerve. fans will be happy to hear it because I took uh, Boston and I took Milwaukee to beat mm. Boston. Uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I meant Brooklyn mm. and Milwaukee to beat Boston in the uh, first two rounds. So I'll continue. I'll take Miami. Look, I think home court advantage is big. You guys fed all the reasons why. They haven't lost at home, Miami. They won by like an average of 17 points at home. Like they kick ass there, even if their fans uh, leave a little to be desired. <laughs> uh, and they had the best record in the East at home. Uh, that's something. And we know Boston can, of course, win one on the road. And I think Miami can do the same in Boston. I'll go Heat in seven. I think this is going to be one hell of a series, like an ugly series at time in the best way possible. Um, And close games, it's fun because it's like Tatum or Jimmy. Mm. I mean, both both can take over and and just sort of will their team to a victory in the final couple of minutes, uh, and hopefully we get some uh, crunch time games here. So I'll keep betting against the Beantown boys. I'll also just swerve so we all don't have the same pick. And... And I'll go Miami, even if uh, the Celtics maybe make a lot more sense just mm-hmm. with how they've played. Because the other thing is with Miami, we're like, well, they beat the Hawks. Okay. And they beat a Sixers team that didn't have him beat for a while. And James Harden doing James Harden. It's like, uh, it's like, how much confidence do you have from those series wins? Though they sort of kick their ass at a lot of time, too, in the victories. Yeah. So, you know, but we're Boston. We just went over, went through like two teams we thought might win the title. That's huge. But <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Jimmy can figure out some sort of motivation. Like, how's he going to trash talk against the Celtics, you know, to fire himself up? Well, they're the underdogs, even yeah. though they're the number one seed. I mean, everybody's there taking Boston, yeah. so that's good for, for their mentality. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and Spolstra, like, Spolstra has an advantage, I'm sorry, over Udoka, just because he has, like, so much experience. And Trey's right. Not afraid to try their things, make things, mix things up, and, like, just... And they Spolster always wants to steer the game away from what the hell you want to do to like something completely else mm. and mainly what they want to do and you know they're going to give it a go so I'll go Heat in 7 just to keep things fresh here let's hear from everybody out there drop your Celtics beans heat. and drop your fire emojis in the chat yeah, that's I would good. say now that we got them both covered <laughs> glad they dropped that beans update oh uh, yeah the Big problem time. is I don't ha- I got I don't think I've updated my uh, operating system I don't have my beans yet <laughs> on this one on this computer yeah you got to you got to change over to your new computer just for the beans because I've I seen think. you drop the bean emoji and sometimes it does yeah it won't work on this but mm. then I see it on my phone like oh those are sweet you beans yeah step your beans up yeah okay. <laughs> do you check in my tweets afterwards yeah. oh yeah that was those beans. were beans that actually was beans. Operation Good. Beans. Okay, so Trey has Celtics in seven. Tass and Lee have Celtics in six. I got heat in seven. Let's hear from you. Drop those beans. Drop those fire emojis. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll do a deep dive on the Warriors Maverick series. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How many studio albums does Avril Lavigne have? Ten. Seven. How many Grammy Award nominations do you think she has? Ten. Eight. Hmm. Good. <laughs> What's your favorite Avril Lavigne song? Uh, happy ending. <laughs> okay, that's a good call, man. Yeah, that's great. a good call. Most people go Skater Boy. Yeah, I was I was surprised if you knew another. Mm. Song oh, I know. I think I know the, the big hits. She, she's actually. I think she's on tour herself right now. The Bite Me Tour. Oh, that's what I think. I think I saw I that think you're come through right. one of my uh, feeds because she got engaged again. I think she's. Uh, she was married to that some 41 guy, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Chad Kruger. No, not Dallas. No, Derek Wibley. Yeah. Derek Wibley. Yeah. Chad Kruger. <laughs> she was married to Chad Kruger. I think so. The Nickelback dude. Yeah. She loves her Canadians. Yeah. Homer. She's a homer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about this new guy, where he's from. but uh, Yeah, I just saw yeah. a photo. Got to be Canadian. I'm guessing Getty Lee. Uh, her, her, uh, her album is called Love Sucks. <laughs> the next, but featuring, I guess, the yeah. hit song, Bite Me. Yeah. And love it when you hate me and boys life. B O I S. She only spells boys, B O I. Oh, B O I S. Nice. Is this a, a sequel to Skater Boy? Might be. What's he been up to? Mm. Well, he's on stage Sprained now, angle. isn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. He... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, JD, show us that Western Conference finals schedule. Here it is. Uh, nine o'clock starts, Lily, except for that uh, potential game seven mm. there uh, on TNT. But. Uh, a little too late for you. No, how no, you gonna no, it's perfect. Well, well, how are you going to be tackling these? Are you still going to be doing uh, watching a half in the second half in the morning? Uh, One game? No, I don't think so. I think I'll, it'll be 11.30 finish. I think I'll be up for those ones. Oh, 11.30 finish? Ooh, you'd be... Well, yeah. Uh, that, Wednesday's going to be easy, mate. We're going to play basketball. Uh, we'll perfect. finish at 9. Yeah. We'll get back. We'll be hitting right at the perfect time. Yep. You can shower at halftime. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I can't sleep after basketball anyway. That's so right. Perfect. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's start breaking down this uh, Western Conference Series. Biggest Golden State Warriors question. Lee, get us started. How do you defend the donk? What do you do? Do you throw double at him? Do you throw singles at him? Do you just hope he has off games? Because this is what I think is going to keep Steve Kerr awake at night. Pick your poison. Doncic will say, you want to throw Andrew Wiggins on me? Fine, I'll take him. No worries. He's their best defender to put on him though, right? Yeah, I mean, Draymond Green is yes. not going to be playing. No, exactly, him. exactly. It's Wiggins. It's Wiggins and, and Clay, I think, in terms of the yeah. size and the physicality. But I don't think Doncic is scared of either one of those. No. I think it would be Gary Payton, probably, if he was playing, because that's where wow. he wants to make his money. But he's he's out, and I, I'm guessing he's out for the entire series. But uh, I'm not sure that's true. But yes, anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, he's not. He's, not, he's certainly not playing in the first game, and probably not the first two games here. And so, what does uh, Steve Kerr does he say? All right, we're just going to have to see if Doncic goes for 45 because that is not necessarily a recipe for victory for the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Maybe it is, but I think the Mavericks are at their best when it's Kleber, when it's Finney Smith. Bullock, Win- yep. Dinwiddie, all these guys. Dinwiddie comes out right now and he knows he's got the green light where he's like, I can shoot, I can score, I can take the guys, I can fire away. If he gets hot like he did against the Phoenix Suns, that's perfect for the Dallas Mavericks. So if that happens, does then Steve Kerr say, okay, we just go have to go back to single coverage or it's like, let's just load up on Luca and just make him work. Do we attack Luca on the defensive end as well? Mm-hmm. We saw the Suns try to do that because maybe it's like every action, we just want Luca involved in some way. Now, he was okay against the Suns, but you know that that's sort of the weakness as well for the Mavericks. Like, we don't want Luca to have to work so hard on the defensive end and then do all the offense as well. So, great, uh, great challenge here for the Warriors because you know that Dray- if Luca is getting hot you know Draymond's going to say alright I'm taking him for a few possessions here I'm just going to make it difficult for him but I also think Luca would say I would more than happy to go against Draymond as well he's shown that no one can really stop him he's got range obviously on his threes he can get inside with that super slow-mo fast-mo action that he does that it's like it looks like he's slow but he's kind of fast and he's beating <laughs> guys and he's going to get inside and uh, I really do think that this is going to be the key to the series is, is if the Mavericks can slow him down to does that slow the Mavericks down or does it almost play into their hands somewhat right. if these other guys light up? Because if they have double coverage, someone's going to be open. And if even if it's a Bertans coming off the bench, he's like, I'm shooting if the ball comes to me. I don't think I've seen Bertans ever pass the ball. <laughs> Look, he's not a great, you can't rely on him, but sometimes he'll hit three or four in a row in a minute. And that's what the Mavericks need. Recent history shows that Steve Kerr and the Warriors are going to play Luca 
straight up, right? Mm-hmm. That the doubles are actually not going to be coming. I mean, we saw it against Jokic. We said, "All right, go to work in the paint, big man, one on one. We're not sending a lot of help, so you can just like splash out to all these guys cutting and shooting." And he scored a ton. But obviously the Warriors won. John Morant, they did similar things. Now, different players, but they backed up off him. They stayed at home on shooters. And Morant averaged like 38 when, uh, you know, he was playing in that series. But the Warriors won. Um, so I would think they'll do the. Uh, they'll try at least to start the exact same sort of game plan, right? You put a Wiggins, you put a Clay, and you just try and keep all these other guys out of the game as much as possible. Brunson, Dinwiddie, Bullock, DFS, and all that. Yeah, you try. You try. Uh, the difference is with, with Jokic uh, and Morant, is that they're obviously a weapon at, or Doncic is a weapon at any time, and you need a pick uh, to come set for him to to get him open, and then there's two guys there, and then there's gonna be some help in 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 the lane, you know. Like I I think Jokic you know could go for forty, Doncic could go for forty and fifteen assists. I th- I think the 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 potential for a monstrous game scoring and assists is a little bit higher even uh, right now with Luca, with how scorching is, especially with how they're going to play. Could be five out. It could be even, you know, Maxi Kleber is going to play a lot in this series yeah. at the five, but there was uh, uh, definitely a lot of possessions throughout the regular season against the Warriors where they went four wings plus Luka Doncic, where Dorian Finney-Smith was the biggest guy. Anthony Slater doing a good job on the athletic of breaking down their games throughout this season. And, uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, it's small ball heaven for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's tiny out there, so there's going to be a lot of scoring. So I think Luca, he could be obviously a weapon on the perimeter. He could be a weapon in the lane with those types uh, of lineups because I, th- I think the Mavs might go ultra small at times. So it's, yeah, it's uh, ridiculously tough right now with the way Luca is feeling. But they're going to go, yeah, with with Wiggins uh, to try and even fight over screens at times. But then Luca's going to get in the lane. Then you you know you might bring a pick and. And Draymond might drop back, or Kevon Looney might drop back, uh, but you know, Luca is going to hurt people. Uh, so yeah, there's potential for some monstrous scoring series here. Trey, how do you think Kerr at least game one? They they at least try and guard Luca. Is it just straight up, or do you really try and get the ball out of his hands and make somebody else beat you? What do you do? I remember after Ja had 47 against the Warriors. I- we were having a discussion, like, should they double or should they not? Because they weren't doubling. So I assume that's going to be the case. Yeah. And I assume that just like Ja averaged 38 a game against the Warriors in uh, three games of their playoff series, I think that Donk will be about the same, uh, really, just because he's going to be playing one-on-one a lot of this because the Mavericks are going to want to shoot threes, and the Warriors know that. So they're going to try and just make it, can you beat us, Luca? And we shall see. Yeah. If he does, uh, and then maybe things change over the course of time. Because I'm with Lee. It seems almost like the two best choices uh, for the Warriors guarding Doncic are both going to be missing at least to start the series in Iguodala and Gary Payton the second, who would probably be the primary guy. Like, Wiggins will get a chance. He's not strong enough to guard Doncic one-on-one. Draymond's not quick enough. So there will be opportunities for Doncic to score, but he's going to want to get everybody involved as well. The other big question for me for the Warriors is, can they control the ball at all? Uh, in this series because yeah. they were pretty bad with it uh, against Memphis. And the Suns, or I'm sorry, the Mavericks did a really good job of turning over the Suns. I think they forced 15 turnovers a game over the course of seven games. And the Suns are a great ball control team. They just happen to fall apart. Uh, the Warriors don't seem to value the ball all that much. Right. Period. <laughs> like yeah. I would say over the course of time, but really that's just been the case. Turnovers and threes both tilted Dallas's way over the course of the series uh, with the Suns, which was a surprise to me, certainly coming in. Obviously, the Warriors want to shoot threes more often than Phoenix did, but if they're turning the ball over, that's going to be easy buckets for Dallas. So they got to do something to at least, you know, keep it under 15 turnovers a game. I think they averaged 17 turnovers yeah, a game against right. the Grizzlies. It was really bad, but if they're able to keep it to 13, if you don't have a half where you have 12 turnovers, that's so much better. Do you have any other Warriors questions with this series, or are you really focusing on sort of the Luka element of everything? Um, well, yeah, I think the turnovers is uh, a big difference for them going from the Mavericks. Uh, I'm sorry, going from the Grizzlies to the Mavericks, because the Grizzlies were just able to turn them over so many times. So hopefully for them... And that's their bread and They water. don't. Yes. Grizzlies all season yeah. long. Yeah, yeah the, Mavs, the Mavs take it easy. But I think Jason Kidd uh, played it a little bit differently uh, in round two when you know he was blitzing Devin Booker so that's yeah. that's going to be different for the Warriors do you think uh Kaminga could be uh you know break glass in case of emergency type of defender here too you know he's got the he's got the physical tools yeah. to like he's the type of build you'd want to put against a Luka but obviously super young didn't play all that well when he got a chance there in the last series 
he's overly aggressive, foul prone. <laughs> you know, like if you but, want to look but, at the line, I would say definitely guard him with Kuminga. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably the case. It would obviously depend on the moment of the game. If Luca's hot, Draymond's in foul trouble. Yeah, you know, then it's like, all right, you got three possessions. See if you can just 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 give him a look that he hasn't seen before, yeah. maybe. But obviously, uh, it won't be one of the first things that that Steve Kerr turns to here. Mm. But uh, you know, Jordan Poole as well. Like again, not a great defender, but he's quick and he can maybe <laughs> you know yeah. get in, you know just just again give him a different look if he's cooking. I mean, Jordan Poole? I think the Mavericks just, are going to be looking for Jordan no, Poole. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, like if Luca's cooking and these other guys have been already, like, Luca's already just sort of blown by those guys, you, and, and then you might want to work him at the other end as well. So yeah. that's uh, that, there's not an easy answer here for Steve Kerr. That's a thing. Luca's not afraid of anybody who's defending him. Okay. Let's go to the Mavericks then. Biggest question for them in this series, as, as the underdogs heading in here on the road. Well, I think it's how they guard Steph Curry because if they try and blitz him like they have throughout this regular season, Jason Kidd tried that multiple times like they did against Devin Booker, can the Warriors dismantle this Mavericks defense that has been incredible? I I think the Warriors are so freaking experienced that even though they want the ball in Curry's hands a ton, uh, to to bring it up and, and not just come off the ball, I think the Warriors can figure it out and they may be able to you know, get enough shooting uh, around Steph and be able to run their splits where Curry doesn't bring up the ball uh, and find answers. They've seen every defense out there. So I think if Kid gets over-aggressive, the Warriors can take advantage of that. But the only way they take advantage of that is if Draymond Green is any sort of... Uh, his, his the best version of himself to be aggressive because there are times where he was not aggressive uh, against the Grizzlies, didn't look at the rim a lot of that series. Uh, didn't take more than five shots in the first five games, but then he got hot uh, in, in game six. He took 14 shots, 14 points, and the Warriors' offense looked way better. So how do you guard Steph? Because, yeah, if you if you go back and watch these four games uh, that they played this season, uh, I think Steph was only there for three of them, but they blitzed him, and they, they tried to get the ball out of his hands, and Steph did not like that. He yeah. had a fourth quarter, if you remember that bad part of their season, where... He had a fourth quarter against the Mavs where he had zero shot attempts, and he said it after the game. This, this was the most, I think, uh, controversial or, or or the most that Steve Kerr and and Steph Curry never ever like you know were not seeing eye to eye. Where where Steph said, "We got to do something different here." He he was he was pissed after this game. So that was kind of a learning experience, I think, for this team. So. How they defend Steph is the biggest question to me because that's how everything else trickles down with in, this team. In some of those regular season matchups, too, correct me if I'm wrong, Draymond didn't play in some of them. One Clay of them, didn't play in some of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what about you, Trey, when it comes to the Mavericks side of things? Are the role players going to show up and hit some threes? Because that's uh, what you need from Dallas. You basically need one other guy to have a really good game, and you've got a chance uh, yeah. with how well Doncic has been playing. So in round one, Brunson was the guy, especially before yep. Luka showed up, and then they looked their best when he was playing well. Kleba has been massive for the Mavericks this uh, entire postseason, has really changed the ceiling for them with how well he's been shooting the ball because he was struggle mode for the end of the season. And then Dinwiddie, 30 points in Game 7. The Warriors are definitely uh, trying to take away the others like we've talked about. Uh, It's going to be, Luka, can you beat us? But they can't just expect Luka to score 50 points and maybe they pull off a 103-99 to victory and scratch it out. I don't think that's going to be the case, so... Uh, it's going to be on Jason Kidd to figure out ways to get Brunson involved, to get Dinwiddie involved, uh, even if they don't necessarily have a four-on-three or a matchup that's bent towards Luka. There's going to have to be additional scoring from anybody else besides Doncic because he's going to be great when he's on. We know that. But uh, making threes and getting supplementary scoring is going to be huge uh, for Dallas. Yeah, Maxi Kleba's hit 39 threes in the postseason. <laughs> 49% clip. Mad Maxi. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and like Trey said, he was garbage at the end of this season. Like he couldn't hit a three. Mm. But he's been unlocked here. He's playing a ton of minutes. I mean, Dwight Powell gets the start. Mm-hmm. I assume nothing's going to change with that. Like, are we seeing Looney versus Powell for Five minutes. eight minutes or yeah, whatever it is? As long as they're on the court. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and then there. it's like, okay, let's go Let's go small ball. Uh, and there should be a lot of that in this series. Um, but what are you thinking here from Dallas? Well, it, it, obviously they just came off a very convincing series in Game 7 victory over the championship favorite, probably the Phoenix Sun. It feels a little bit like the Mavs are like the Hawks last season where, remember, the Hawks got past the Knicks and then they were down against the Sixers and it was like, oh, wow, they actually came back. They win a Game 7 on the road. Trey Young was huge. And then they faced the Milwaukee Bucks, and that was a good series, but it was yeah. like 
it was almost like they were punching above their weight there, the Hawks. So are the Mavericks doing that to some extent? You know, with all these guys who were contributing, did they just get the Jazz who were kind of in shambles and then they just got hot against the Phoenix Suns or is there more to it? You know, and, and it's sort of like what Trey's saying there. I think if the if the Mavericks do win this series, you're going to have a big Spencer, big, big Jalen Brunson game. And then it is the Maxi and the Reggie Bullock, whatever his name is. He's also going to have uh, some big performances there down in Dallas. So, I mean, I certainly do believe in Dallas, uh, but this is another challenge against a team that has been there. And the, the Warriors have also got that no one believes in us sort of mentality. You know, they did, went to the finals, what, five years in a row? They didn't even make the playoffs for two years. And now they could be back in the finals with largely the same team. Certainly yeah. the three core pieces and the coach. So, uh, and I guess Iguodala technically is back there as well. So Looney was around. Was he? Yeah, he was around. <laughs> he wasn't ah. doing much, but he was around. Oh, man. I can't, I can't remember seeing too much. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, of course he's been around he for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I remember Kawhi like, flung him out the way and uh, didn't he dislocate <laughs> his shoulder or something like that yeah. in Toronto? And uh, then he came back. So, uh, okay, right. Looney's there. <laughs> okay, Looney's there. Well, but, yeah. uh, How'd have a Looney in Canada yeah. series? Right. But, yeah. And again, the Warriors are at home. You know, all those sorts of factors, like they've been rested for a couple of extra days here. They're the favourite. Um, so things are... You know, in, in terms of a gambling perspective, I would say leaning towards Golden State. Yeah, but have you been impressed by Golden State like through these first At two times? Yeah, but not certainly not like it was in the old days. No, yeah. no, no. Right. But uh, it, it certainly feels like again when what was it Game Six Clay against the the Grizzlies. That's the sort of stuff where it's like, wow, yeah, you can see why. You know, you yeah. can you can easily see the Warriors going all the way. But game one against the Grizzlies and then game two against the Grizzlies, they weren't all that good. Eh? They win the first game, of course, but Jar hits that layup. Maybe it's a different series and mm-hmm. a different story. Uh, potential X factors with this one. Trey, get us started. I think it's the two big guys that we've mentioned a couple of times, Looney and Maxi, Kavan <laughs> and Kleba, because Steve Kerr definitely trusts Kavan Looney and... For whatever reason, he always leans defense with his lineups. So I do think that Looney's going to get the start. He'll probably match minutes with Dwight Powell. And he was massive uh, in game six. Uh, 22 rebounds, the double bacon roast beef. Great stuff from Looney. (laughs) But if Kleba's hitting his threes, if we see Maxi Kleba hitting 49% from three, like he has in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, 25% during the last three months of the regular season. Wild stuff to to 2x your shooting percentage in the playoffs, but if he's able to stay on the court, that's definitely the Mavs' best lineup with Kleba there as a sort of rim protector, sort of a stretch big, and then other shooters out there. The Mavs are really tough to stop, but if you're the Warriors, then you got to bring in Jordan Poole, and guess what? Like you're saying, Poole is going to be involved in every yeah. single action, and when it's not Poole, it's going to be Curry. Yep. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Kleba has to shoot the ball well to be able to stay on the court, I think, and Looney has to be able to hang a little bit for the Warriors to throw out some of their best lineups. Uh, so this is it's going to be crazy. Like, I don't think that this series should really come down to Looney and Kleba, but sometimes <laughs> it does come back to just being able to play your best lineup, and those guys are influential for both of their teams. Tass, what do you have for an X Factor? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many minutes those bigs play because once they go small, both teams, uh, it's it's really, there's going to be a ton of space out there. And again, not just Kleba, I think the Mavs can go super small, and that's why I think Jordan Poole is monstrous in this series. He's going to play a lot, and especially with the way the Mavs are going to take away Curry, I, I do believe. And the reason why I think these first two rounds haven't been ridiculously impressive for the Warriors, because we haven't got a consistent Clay, we haven't got a consistent Wiggins, uh, but I, I think this is Jordan Poole's time to shine. I think he is going to get plenty of opportunity here because you're going to take the ball out of Curry's hands. The ball's going to end up in Jordan Poole's hands, and he can make some magic. Uh, he's got those long levers. I mean, we're going to see lots of crossovers. We're going to see that athleticism get into the rim. Uh, he's just a talented dude. Now, he is a bit of a pylon on the other end. If, Chris, uh, if Patrick Beverly called Jordan Poole a pylon, that's somewhat reasonable. The Chris Paul is ridiculous. But anyway. Wow, uh, we almost went an hour yeah, without bringing up yeah, the Patrick I Beverly it's sad. Uh, it's sad. hater show on ESPN. Ridiculous yeah. stuff. Uh, but Jordan Poole, yeah, he leaves a little bit to be desired on the defensive end. But they've got to find a way of putting him on a, you know, somebody who doesn't put the ball on the floor, a Bullock or a Dorian Finney-Smith, and, and switch. And the Warriors' defense is just so smart. Draymond Green will be telling him, get the hell over there. get Go get Doe. That's what they call Dorian Finney-Smith. Go get somebody else. Just stay in front of that guy and get the hell off Luka. And so I I think he's going to play a key factor. I'm just going to watch how many minutes there are with 
without any of those bigs on the floor, mm-hmm. whether it's Powell, Kleba, count him a big as a big in this series, or Looney. Uh, they're going to be uh, some tiny, tiny minutes and lots of space out there for these guys to work. Lee? I'm going with Jalen Brunson. Uh, I think yeah, uh, right. he was obviously brilliant against the Jazz. Averaged 28 a game in that series. Now, I think that was probably a bit of a high watermark for him, but he cooled off against the Suns. He got more defensive pressure there, and in losses, he really did struggle. I think because all those guys are talking about Kleber, Finney-Smith, and Bullock, and Spencer – Okay, it's nice if you can get one or two of those per game, but I think you need someone to be more consistent yeah. every game. Brunson gets a lot of the ball. He he can be the distributor, the playmaker, and he can get inside, he can get to the free throw line, and he can hit those threes. So he needs to be consistent. Now, he ended up finishing averaging 19 points a game on 44% against the Suns. Didn't quite feel like that, though. Felt like he was maybe not quite as uh, productive as that because uh, in a couple of games, he did stink a little bit. So uh, he was obviously good there in game seven, but everyone was. <laughs> for the Dallas Mavericks. But I think it is key that that Luca knows that those other guys are going to contribute game in, game out. But if he can rely on Brunson and, and Jason Kidd the same to just handle some minutes, that is going to be huge for the Mavericks. I'm going with Draymond Green, which sounds crazy as an X Factor, but like offensively, you already said it. They're going to blitz and trap Curry, and they're just going to try and get the ball away from him. And that means usually Green is going to be open in the middle. And will he look at the rim? <laughs> because at times he just doesn't even look at it. And then game six was a perfect example. Where he's like, oh yeah, I need to attack and I need to score. And he had the 14 shots, scored 14 points. It just opens them up. It loosens them up a little bit when he's at least a bit of a threat to sort of attack. And uh, in addition to play make, and he has to like take care of the ball a little bit too. He gets so sloppy where he's like, okay, I'm going to try and throw this little bounce pass through traffic, and there's, like, the tiniest window. He can get it through sometimes, but other times you're like, what are you doing, man? Like, value the possession a little bit more. I think Draymond, like, I think this is going to be a really tight series. I think Draymond has to, like, play above average and up a couple of these games to get the win. And he's got to stay, of course, out of foul trouble and not get caught up in all of that. And there is still that looming over everything. Um, If it gets really physical, what does he need? Two flagrant points to then miss a game? I mean, it's it's possible of course sure. with Draymond Green so he's got to keep a level head um, but when he's at his best uh, you know offensively uh, mixing like I'm a bit of a threat even when he can step into a confident three and splash a couple of those and then the playmaking they're a different team I think just completely when the whole thing is to get it out of Curry's mm-hmm. hand so I'll be watching uh, just what type of Draymond Green we get uh, especially early in this series prediction time though Tass you go first on this one you got Warriors Mavs and how many yeah, the question is, are the Golden State Warriors able to just, uh, you know, flick the switch just uh, a little bit more? Are, are, they, are they ready to play their best here against the Mavericks? Because I think their best will beat the Mavs' best. Uh, I don't like how the Mavericks are obviously the, uh, you know, they're, they're riding high right now. For them, they are the talking point of the NBA right this second. I think that gives the Warriors just a teeny little bit more of uh, motivation for them. And, uh, yeah, just to... to to knock them down a notch here a little bit. And, you know, the Warriors are the rested bunch. So I, I think their best, if it comes to fruition, which I, I think it'll be just a little bit better than uh, the Mavericks' best, will give them the series. I got them in seven. It's probably the easy way out mm-hmm. uh, to uh, make a prediction, but I think they can do it. Warriors in seven. You can all, like, guarantee that the Warriors are going to win road, one road game <laughs> in Dallas because mm. they've done it for 25 straight series. Something like uh, that, Is that what yeah. the record was? Yeah. yeah uh, 28, I think. Oh, even. I thought it was 25. Anyways, yeah. who knows? Um, but where are you going? He's got Warriors in seven. Yeah. going to be that long? I was, uh, you know, yesterday I was emotional seeing uh, seeing what the Mavericks did. Caught in the moment. Yeah. I'm still in the moment. I, uh, <laughs> look, honestly, Luca to me, uh, has just shown, like, he's not phased by anything. He's been in big moments. He's already overcome uh, the, the best team in the NBA this season. I have no reason to think he can't do it again. I, I think uh, I think this is going to be a great series, and I think Luca could just do it. And so I'm taking the Mavericks. I mean, I have to go in six. I think I just, uh, I just think they've got to close it out at home if they can. That's that's okay. where I uh, think their best chance to finish it. So I'll take the Mavericks in six. Okay, Trey, where are you going? I'm with Lee. I think it's Mavericks in six. I think they've got the best player. I think it's weird that Steph Curry shot 32% from three in the last series. And I think uh, the Western Conference belongs to Luka Doncic right now. Um, We've talked a lot about the Celtics being the best team in the league since it turned 2022. Mavericks have been number two. Mm. They've been playing incredible defense. They've gotten identity since the Porzingis trade. And Doncic is peaking right now. So I'm going Mavs in six as well. And I think the streak comes to an end. Wow. Mm. Okay, yep. they're going to hold home court there. Defending that court. Well, 25. It was 25. 25 right, was yeah. right. Okay. Uh, well, 
I'm going to take Warriors in six. You say Luka's the best in the Western Conference, but I say not yet. He needs to uh, take that from Steph Curry. And until he does, I'm going to roll with him. And I think Trey, you said the other day, it's like, yeah, Curry has struggled. I mean, he still gets all his points, and it's amazing what he puts in the box score. But, like, he has, for Steph Curry, not had, like, a crazy, really, the Curry flurry sort of explosion in sort of a half or really a game here or even a series. And could it come against a, a very talented, uh, you know, defensive-minded Dallas Mavericks team where Jason Kidd's like the sixth defender over there uh, moving <laughs> yeah. around? Um, I think it could. I think it could get unlocked here uh, as the series goes on. So I'll go Warriors in six. I think this is going to be an awesome series. I think both these conference finals yeah. are going to be like really, really entertaining. We had a poll going. Who is the best player left in the postseason? Our four picks were Curry, Luka, Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. Mm. Did you make a vote? Luka. You went Luca, okay, that makes sense with where you're going. I assume Trey also was clicking Luca. Of course. And uh where where would you go with that? Mm. Mm. That's tough. It's great. Yeah. Those are four great players. <laughs> great players. I'll make my pick after this series. Oh wow. <laughs> what was the poll results right now? Sixty six percent for Luca. Luca. Who's second? Mm. Who do you think? Curry, I think. It's Curry. Twenty three percent. I actually think Tatum's being slept on a little bit yeah. here. He's seven point eight percent. But you can't rank him, you know. You only got <laughs> yeah, right, to right. pick a number one. Yeah. All but right. it is the dunk. Okay, we're uh, we're all over the the board here. You got Mavericks in six. Is that what you ultimately went with as well? Yep. So Trey and Lee going Mavericks in six. You got Warriors in seven. Mm-hmm. I got Warriors in six. Let's hear from everybody out there your predictions for the Western Conference Finals, which starts on Wednesday night. And uh, you know, let us know who you think is going to win your X factors and uh, other key things to watch in the series. We're going to take one more break when we come back. Uh, Lee's five-year-old son, Oscar, has a segment for us, (laughs) so I can't wait. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, so we would usually do Tweet of the Night right now, but we're not because we have the NBA Draft Lottery tonight, Yes, and you've you've concocted some sort of thing here for us. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. Yes, I have. I came up with a bit of an idea yesterday because we usually do something, or we certainly used to do in the past, where we would pick the winner. Right, try, to, thought, try to predict the winner. Yeah, yes. try to predict the winner. I thought, well, why not have some fun? So I came up with a bit of an idea, and uh, as I said, I recruited my sons to help me uh, with this because okay. they like to draw and create. So okay. what I've done is... I've I've went to tankathon.com by the way to yes. get all the uh, lottery odds and Great. then in these uh, Easter eggs here yeah oh here we go I have ah. got a hundred Easter eggs okay and again according to the odds from Tankathon I've put in for each team the amount of chances they have so Great. the Houston Rockets for example have a fourteen percent chance they have fourteen ping pong balls Easter eggs in here uh, and so do the uh, Magic and then it's the Pistons. And the thunder, et cetera, et cetera, okay. et cetera, goes okay. down. So we got a hundred so eggs yeah. here. Nice. We got a hundred eggs. Now I thought, how are we going to decide? Who's going to decide who who's going to pick it out? Pull. And I thought, you know what? I'll let you guys decide by by giving you a trivia question. One question. Wow. 
right? <laughs> Whoever answers it correctly first gets to choose the egg. Okay. Here's the one little thing, though. You only get one chance to answer. So maybe listen to the clues for as long <laughs> as you can. Don't jump the gun. Exactly. Okay. If, you go, if, you, if you answer okay. and you're wrong, you're out, and the other people or person <laughs> gets all the uh, clues to themselves. Okay, did you want to pour the eggs first? Sure, let's do that. Okay, let's do let's that. Pour let's the eggs. Okay. Pour the eggs. I'll, well, I'll pour them in here. Yeah, yeah. Into the nice pour. Oh, nice. Co- oh, colors yeah, are going to come into play here. That's not. Are that. we going to be Whoa, blind no, picking? That's not going to fit. No, it's a clear you're egg. Good. Keep going. Oh, oh boy. No, you didn't think this part through, Ellis. Too many eggs. Okay. Okay. Too many eggs on the table. Too many eggs. All right. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the calves. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Cow-looking egg there. Okay. Now, when whoever does it, when you do it, I don't mind if you dive in. I don't mind if you sure. pick one off the top. You choose. Okay. <laughs> so now it is time to determine who gets the pick. And again, whoever answers the correctly first, it's your. So we're sort of racing to be first. You're answer. racing to okay. be first, but, but I, I would advise you to listen <laughs> to the clues. Okay. Okay, Jade, if you could cue up the uh, trivia music there. Okay. Born outside of the United States, I was selected first overall in my draft class. After a glittering college career, I became a multiple-time All-Star. Hakeem Olajuwon? Incorrect. Mm. All-NBA player. Went for it. And All-Defense player. I was a member of what some call the greatest basketball team of all time, although I made it two trips to the NBA Finals. Sadly, I never won a championship. I should have waited. I did win a college title, out-dueling another legend who I would then face in the NBA Finals a decade later. My standing... Patrick Ewing. Correct. Patrick oh, Ewing is nice, the answer. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. I thought someone's going to jump in with an Andrew Bogut or a Ben Simmons or a Kyrie when I said I was born. thinking Tim Duncan. I was thinking oh, Duncan. Yeah, nice. So, uh, well done, Trey. So, now it's up to you and completely right. how you choose to... Uh, you want to dive in? You Do you wanna... know which one is the right one? <laughs> well, I've got one that I hope we pull out, but uh, well, I'll just have to wait and see. It was, uh, <laughs> well, because one, huh? all the artwork, again, was done by my 10 and 5-year-old. So they, they drew every single team. What? A hundred times? A hundred times, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. No wonder you handed off this yes, part of the yes, job. Yes. I right. hope we get one now, of yours, though. Uh, I assume well, there's some of your No, no, there's none, none of mine. It's oh all Sebastian God. and Oscar. Right. Now, now, look, some of them are a little abstract. So in, in, in those cases, in those instances, what I did was I actually put the, uh, excuse me, I put the, uh, the the label of the team on the back so we would know okay. for sure. Okay. Exactly. So right. you don't have to guess. Here we go, so, Trey. Uh, Trey is Trey, going go to determine who's going to win the NBA draft lottery tonight with these eggs. I hope, I really hope it's printed on a tiny, tiny font. <laughs> oh, yes. That was my it. first idea, but... Uh, <laughs> All okay. right, let's go. Right. Wow, there nice. we go. Ooh. Oh, oh, no! oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's all right. It did, well, well, he didn't yeah, see anything. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, what oh, is what in the world? <laughs> what is going on here? First pick's being traded. <laughs> Trade down for two. All right. Get okay. out of here. Get out of here. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> we're going blue. I don't think your kids actually put anything in there. Uh, There's something in here. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. There's okay. something in here. Okay, who is Dramatic it? reveal. Dramatic reveal. That's the Orlando Magic. That's the Orlando Magic. That's the Orlando Magic. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Wow, they yeah. always win the draft, don't they? <laughs> well drawn. I think. Uh, I think when I first threw the dart on the on the board, I think it was the Orlando yeah. Magic. So uh, yeah, there you go, Orlando Magic. Congratulations. Excellent. Yes. Orlando Magic winning tonight. Yes. Fine. It's great. Definitely yeah. possible. Definitely yes. possible. Now they have two picks. They have the Bulls pick in this one, or is that one for later? I didn't see that on the tankathon. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's no. for later, so, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Congrats. Congrats to the Orlando Magic winning another draft. How many would that be? It's like they... Weber. Yeah. Shaq. Shaq. Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. That's it, I hmm. think, right? I think so, so yeah. Okay, three. Is there not one? Wow, man, I thought there was one more. Um, awesome. Nice. All right, good stuff. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All that work. Yeah, I know. I want to see what I know. I, I kind of want to see the other All right. I mean, see, we let's... should each do one, maybe. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So who yeah. do you have? Okay. okay. This one, see if you can tell who that is. You oh, should be able to easy. tell. That's an easy one. Indiana Pacers. Now, nah, if you notice... We don't sh- talk about the Pacers. If you notice the shirt I'm wearing as well, this was used as the sort of... Oh. Uh, yeah, the boys love this shirt. Great Dana Draws who put this one together. So, uh, this was our reference point. I said to the boys, nice. if you're not sure. Now, Oscar, he was like, can I put the Denver Nuggets in there? And I'm like, well, they're not really <laughs> in the draw, so you can't put them mm. in there. Oh. But, 
you know, he wanted, he, to, draw he wanted to put the nuggets in there, and I said, "You can draw it. I just won't add it to the, okay. uh, to the eggs there." All right, Tass, why not Good. you grab one? Yeah, we got a magic. We got a Pacers. I won't pick the clear one. I saw some clear eggs. Oh, you wow. can see. Oh, well, you got one with. <laughs> oh, I got a ears. cute. Oh, yeah, yeah panda or cute one. Yeah, it's a panda. Huh. Oh, you got oh, something. I did get a Pistons, which I saw in the clear one as well. <laughs> wow. Okay. Staple. Well, that's staple. good. Yeah, yeah those are good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. Stapled, All right. stapled label. Very nice. And we'll wrap this up. <laughs> stapled label. <laughs> I got a nice, just light blue. Oh, Robin's egg. Like this smaller egg. I've got, whoa, whoa, whoa. OKC Thunder. Wow. Andrew Schleck's going to be loving that one. Yeah. That's nice, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yes, Lee has put on the back OKC Thunder. <laughs> and very tiny font. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, one of those four teams is definitely winning now. The Magic, the Pacers, the Pistons, or the Thunder. Mm. Best of luck to all of you out there and your team and getting one of those uh, top draft picks tonight. Let's call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Get your nodunks merch over at nodunks.com. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, shorts, all that good stuff. Uh, Let's hear from you guys in the comments below your predictions for the conference finals. Let us know what you think about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, I guess, to talk a little bit about the draft lottery. Oh, yeah. And uh, then to break down game one of the Heat Celtics. This is exciting. One game on a night. Yeah. Basically all week long, right? Uh, even in through the, even in through to the Saturday and Sunday, I think there's a game on. Yep. Yeah, that would be every second day. Love yeah, it, yeah. love yeah. it, love it, love it. So uh, we'll be back here in the Classic Factory tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, yeah, the Thunder, as we picked here, might have an outside shot, but. There's some lightning there. Mm. Lightning aren't winning in the NHL. Oh! I like the Panthers. You want to see a funny little logo? A little panther. A little panther cat. That's an odd little logo. But I like them. I like their score, and I don't like the trap game. The lightning are playing without their players. They're injured. Trap? Get out of here. It's a high-scoring league. Let's go Cats. (laughs) Go Cats. Go, I guess, Thunder. Uh, Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.